Welcome into the Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McClain. Happy Fourth of July weekend, everybody. It's time for parades, fireworks, barbecues, and hopefully some quality time with the ones you love. Today we're bringing on former Olympian loser Kate Hansen to talk about what it was like to represent her country in Sochi during the 2014 Olympics. But first, we're talking favorite traditions, foods, and all things Independence Day with none other than the man with the boisterous bass voice, Ben Bagley. How are we, Ben? Fine, Lord. How are you? <laughs> Wait, was that you can even pull that off if you tried. <laughs> you can even pull that off if you tried. <laughs> Nope, nope. You got you got to do the real voice. It's too good, Ben. Too hey, good. Lauren, how right. are you? <laughs> there it is. There it is. I love this time of year so much, Ben. Really, any holiday is fun to celebrate. But personally, I really love my country and enjoy getting a day to celebrate it. Plus, it's in the middle of the summer, which makes the weather amazing. And there are so many different traditions that people participate in on the fourth. So, Ben, what does the Fourth of July look like for you and your family? Uh, we like to go camping. Um, each year we kind of go up into the mountains um, and find a spot. This year we're actually not quite quote-unquote camping. We're heading off to the family cabin and going to just enjoy the weekend up at the cabin. So you're, you're right. And, and, yes. and, and the 4th of July is deep for me because I love, like, like the Revolutionary Wars, I'm, I'm a history buff. I do love the Revolutionary War. I've read tons about it. Uh, the... The gratitude, the sense of gratitude I have for the founding fathers, and not just those who fought the battles on the battlefield, but those that fought the battles uh, in, in dipl- diplomacy and in writing the, the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights. Th- those, those, those founding fathers were great, great, great people who we all owe a debt of gratitude towards. Absolutely. We're, we're very blessed to be here. For me on the 4th of July, we... So we used to go to the Provo Parade called the Freedom Festival. I'm sure you're familiar with that in the mornings when my grandma was alive because she absolutely loved it. But as we got older, I think we were all paraded out. Um, I'll probably start going when my kids are older because I think it's really fun when you're a kid. But when you're old, you're like, that's that's really not that great. What what, let's let's start there. Honestly, what are your honest opinions of parades when you go to like when you're now you're putting me against the 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 popular. I hate them. <laughs> uh, that, that's why I had an inkling you would, Ben. That, that's I why, had an inkling you would. That's why I love my family tradition of camping. There's no parades and there's no fireworks. It's great. But we get the food. <laughs> we get to hang out. We get the beautiful part of it. Because like, like parades to me, like, yeah, hey, do you know what? Let's go stand in 100-degree heat and on the asphalt and chase bad candy around. Is <laughs> and look at people drive by and we'll smile and wave. People, I just, I don't get it. And I, I know people enjoy it, and the kids enjoy chasing the candy. I did when I was a kid. I grew out of it. Some people never do, and that's fine. That's 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 fine. Don't grow out of it. Be a kid forever. I, I, I recommend that. I just grew out of it. No, I'm right. I'm right there with you exactly. We went to one of my my. It's called Strawberry Days. I grew up in Pleasant Grove, Utah. Loved it as a kid. I went there a couple weeks ago with my kids, and I was like, "This is terrible. This is abs- <laughs> this is not. I mean, it's awesome, but it's like these local kids doing karate, and then the a million cheerleading groups. You know what I'm saying? It's it's so awesome when you're a kid. But I'm like, oh, I could do without this. True, but so I, I true yeah, story, true parade story. Last Saturday, uh, I get up. and my wife's already got. She's already dressed. She's ready to go out the door. I'm like, "Where are you going?" Well, uh, I'm going to a parade. What? She's like, a parade. A family friend was in it. She's like, I'm going to go support him. 
well, why didn't you tell me about it? And she just looked at me and rolled my rolled her eyes. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't have went anyways. Yeah, stupid question. You're right. I love that. That's awesome. She I just had, wanted to be invited. <laughs> I was, you knew I was going to say no, but just at least invite me. So these days we usually go to my sister's house, do a barbecue, some water games, slip and slide, spike ball. It's a blast. Then, then fireworks at night when they're allowed, of course, with lots of treats. My family has a problem with sugar, Ben. We're all addicted. So is there – you mentioned food before. Is there a specific food you eat every 4th of July when you're camping no matter what? Uh, hot dogs. I, I know it, they're disgusting. No, they're not. They're lovely. Uh, no, I, I love <laughs> hot dogs. But but I mean I've the last couple of years I've really got on that uh, like the the camp chef Traeger grill smoke fest the guy thing and uh-huh. so now it's just like right. whatever I can smoke let's just go let's get put put some meat on a grill with some smoke and enjoy it. Ben, when I was working at BOU TV, still I'm pretty sure you said you triggered some cookies. Am I mistaken? Did I, I make? That I up? have smoked cookies before many times. Yes. Very strange, but awesome. I I know a lot of men who are very obsessed with their triggers, and you were one of them. I do. I'm proud I, of you. I, I, I do wear a shirt that says I would smoke that, and it's got a picture of a cow pig <laughs> oh and a chicken on it. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, okay, for me, the food is hamburgers. I am not a hamburger person, never have been, but for some reason on the 4th of July, got to do it. You have gotta to. Have hamburgers hamburger. and hot dogs on the 4th. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I know. So do you have a most memorable 4th of July that sticks out to you the most? I don't. And and mostly because a lot of them are very much the same, which isn't a bad thing. I just enjoy spending time with family. That's why, that's why my favorite thing about holidays is just chilling with the family. And, and you sit there, you tell bad stories, you play dumb <laughs> games, you, you go to the pool, you have a water balloon fight. Like, But it's the best. You look back on them for years, you're like, oh, that was great. That was great. That's <laughs> so the best part true. about it. We tell the same stories over and over again in my family, too. Still funny, though. Still funny, no matter how many times you, you're, as long as you're not the butt of the joke, they're still funny. <laughs> All right, Ben, in honor of the upcoming Olympics, who is or was your favorite American Olympian? You know, it's funny. You 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 prepped me on this question, and I it took me about 20 minutes. I'm just I'm like, well, I don't know wow. the answer to this. And, and like, my <laughs> mind immediately went someplace, and it was Charles Barkley. And and for, for for the various reasons, like the one thing I loved about, and I, I'm a big Charles, Sir Charles fan, always have been. But the, what I loved about the Olympics is he played the Olympics games. He played versus Tunisia the same way he played versus the Lakers in the NBA. Like he was going to dunk on you, he was going to push you around, and then he'd shake your hand afterward and joke with you. And he didn't. Care, he was going to drop forty on whoever they were playing. That was awesome because like I like that compared to fire. But I'm like ah, Charles, that's is that the Olympics? I don't know. And then I thought of uh, uh, Carl Lewis. Like back in my day, mm. and I'm mm-hmm. saying I'm old here. That's for for you for you old people like me. Uh, Carl Lewis <laughs> was amazing. And then he sang the national anthem. Uh, but then I, I settled on who it was. And to me, it's Karch Karai. Um, and, and this is really? why. Really? Well, you're a huge volleyball fan. I am a volleyball fan. But this is a guy. I like 1984. Uh, a nine-year-old Ben Bagley's watching the Olympic Games in L.A. and fell in love with the men's Olympic volleyball team, and Cry was a big part mm-hmm. of that. Fast forward to 2000 and beyond, and this guy's still out there doing it, this time in sand volleyball, winning gold medals on the sand and not just indoor. Uh, this this guy, a sp- span of time, uh, Olympic accomplishments, gold medal after gold medal, 
an amazing role model in, in watching watching him compete. And just last year, I got a chance to meet him here at BYU Broadcasting, and he's one of the only people, Lauren, only people I've done. The, I've done this job for over twenty years. He's one of maybe two people that I've ever said, "Hey, can I get a photo with you?" <laughs> you had to go to that level for Karch Karai. I'd stooped. I no, did. He, you did. No, he. Uh, I didn't know him very well. I had heard the name, didn't know much about him, and I was uh, sidelining men's volleyball, so I should have known a lot more than I probably did. But Jerem and Steve Vale flipped out <laughs> when they heard he was going to be there at the game, and I'm like, "What? What is the big deal with this guy?" You know. And then did my research, heard him talk, met him, and he's he is he's incredible. Uh, so I love that pick for you. And it's funny you said. Charles Barkley, because the dream team was absolutely the number one thing that came to my brain when I thought of my all-time favorite American Olympians. You got to go with Michael Jordan, right? He's kind of the first one that pops in your head. But as a Jazz fan, Carmelone, John Stockton, like you said, Charles Barkley, Magic Johnson, Patrick Ewing. It was they were just that was just so fun. Do you know what the coolest like thing the about the dream team was? Is like these guys are the, the 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 peak performers of the NBA, the greatest of the greats, right? These big right. macho men. They were babies on the podium, man, just crying, flags draped. Like, it <laughs> meant something to them, and that was cool. Like, that rang true mm. to a generation of guys who, oh, the NBA guys, we're going to kill them. Like, well, there's that whole mentality. Then you see those guys and what it meant to them when they're on the podium, and there's tears coming down their faces, and, and it really meant something. And that, that rang true for a lot of sports fans. Still humbled to be able to represent their country and win a gold medal for them. And and I love when you watch the documentary, The Dream Team, it shows John Stockton. No one recognizes him. They Obviously, <laughs> they see Charles Barkley freaking out, Michael Jordan, and there's John Stockton walking down the street with his family. No one even bats an eye. That's one of my favorite parts about it. But cool for him because he can actually like enjoy his time, right? I think they were in Spain. Is that right? Barcelona, Yes. Yes. Yes, so awesome. So the so the second guy, Ben, for me, has to be Michael Phelps. He was a really close second. He he is, you know, widely considered the greatest Olympian of all time because how many gold medals that he won. He he's a force to be reckoned with and kind of in, in my generation. So Michael Phelps, it was for me. That's the that's the first time in his life he finished second in something. <laughs> Sorry, Michael. Hope you're not listening to this. I know. Yeah, but I think he'd be okay to be behind Michael Jordan, don't you think? He might be all right with that. There's a lot maybe of people not. in that line. Yeah, no, very, very true. All right, coming up, she danced her way to 10th place in the luge at the Sochi Olympics in 2014 and will join us to reminisce about what it was like to be one of the best athletes in the entire world. Kate Hansen up next on Cougar Tailgate. The Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McLean. In honor of Independence Day, we wanted to bring on an Olympian who knows firsthand the pride you feel to be able to represent your country. At the age of 15, she was the youngest ever junior world champion. She won the USA Luge National Championship in October 2013 with a broken foot. In January 2014, she was the U.S. Olympic Committee's Athlete of the Month. And on top of everything else, she finished 10th place in the Sochi 2014 Olympics. Let's welcome on Kate Hansen. Thanks for coming on, Kate. Wow, what a nice intro. <laughs> Anything else I can throw in there, Kate? Anything else you want me to add? 
it's just a good reminder of wow I, I like forgot about some of those moments so I'm, I'm <laughs> very flattered over here so. <laughs> now you're you're an incredible person you've done some awesome things it's been seven years since you competed in the Sochi Olympics how does that make you feel when you think of that seven years uh my <laughs> my first thought is good riddance wow um, <laughs> I'm so glad I've made it this far out of the games, but also it just time really goes. But I also just feel, I mean, it brings all the emotions. I think, I think I feel so much gratitude. Um, I don't feel any like sadness or anything because I'm really grateful for how my life has gone post competing. So, but yeah, seven years, I'm like, wow, I'm still keeping my head above water over here. So we're, uh, we're doing great. (laughs) How did that experience, Kate, from from not just the competitive experience of getting to the Olympic Games, but the experience of the Olympic Games themselves, set a stamp on who you are now and where you went from the from that seven year period? Oh wow, that's a really great question. I think I think people would expect the answer of like, I can do hard things, and you know, kind of like the inspirational mm-hmm. thing, but it's actually given me maybe insight on the other side of like what I don't need to do in life. Um, Like I don't need to chase things and I don't need to chase qualifying for things. And like, I'm good enough as I am and like no number will depict my worth and type of thing. So I I find myself kind of on this journey of like, um, like figuring out just like a new identity of like, not feeling owned by like a system or a coach and not feeling like there's things I should be doing. And like, I get to pursue things that I am really passionate about. So, so while, yes, I will say it, you know, it did, it taught me how much grit I have and how hard I can work, but also it taught me that it kind of set a standard for my life of like, I don't have to chase anything anymore. And I, I get to create the life that I want to. And so that, I think that's honestly been the, the biggest uh, lesson to stand out to me. So probably not what you thought I would say, but yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at. From the sound of things from your first couple answers, it sounds like the Olympics wore you out. Was that just an ex- exhausting period of life for you? You know, that's the first time I've ever heard someone put it in those words. And I'm I'm like, yeah, wow. Absolutely. Like, I, I've just never... I guess I haven't thought about it in that way because I feel like the Olympics is such a positive thing like in the world and I get so much positive feedback on it that I almost like sometimes can't just be like honest and like yeah like it really kicked my butt like it was really really (laughs) hard but yeah it it really did it really did wear me out and I think it's just a combination of I was young um, I was only 21 when I retired and I competed for 11 years so from 10 to 21 and it just um I just grew up really fast, which, which is incredible. And I had so many amazing things happen, but also like it really depleted me in every sense of the word. But that's also the beauty of the games, right? Is like, it takes that level of like being a psycho to like (laughs) keep yourself in that realm of pain for so long. I mean, like the injuries that happen and like, just the, like, I didn't, I was, I was away from my family for like seven years and And so, and I think that's what makes the Olympics so emotional for so many athletes is that everybody sacrifices everything they have, um, including their own health and their own body. And so by the time they 
finally get that moment to be there, it's just emotional. And then of course the viewers are watching and it's emotional. So it just, I think because of the fight, it, it holds so much meaning for a lot of people. I want to go down that rabbit hole just a little bit with you because I, I was going to ask a different version of this question, but your answer there kind of changed it. You, you talk about the emotions of the game, and Lauren and I talked about in the first segment, watching the Dream Team in 92 in Barcelona, guys like Michael Jordan and all these these macho NBA athletes crying on the podium like babies because it meant something to them, whatever that might be. In your Olympic experience, the opening ceremonies, competing at the gate the first time, finishing wherever along that line, what? How, how would you best describe those emotions? Was it a, a sense of accomplishment, a sense of fin- finality, a sense of pride? What was the emotions through that Olympic experience? Yeah, great question. And I think, like, I think if I was to do it now at my age at 29, you know, with all the years of therapy I've been to there, it it would be a lot more of a balanced emotion of like, Mm. I'd have a lot stronger boundaries of like, Oh, I'm good enough either way. Like (laughs) the Olympics is not depict, you know, if I'm worth or if I've earned anything. But at the time I was 21 and the past seven years of my life, I had been living out of the Olympic training center where I was surrounded by greatness. I was, I was living with Olympic medalists and I wasn't really in school and I was just homeschooling myself. And so, so the factors that were in my life were pretty extreme. Um, I didn't really have like my mom to talk to me over dinner of like, Hey, like this is okay. And like, you're going to be fine. And let's talk about something else. That's really fun. Like I was just surrounded mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually just by luge and like luge was everything. So for me, when I got to the Olympics, I just never thought I was actually going to get there. Like I just never thought I was ever going to be good enough because I, I, I mean, I crashed so many times and I was kind of a fly or die athlete, we call it. So either I was like really good and breaking records or I was breaking bones. Like, so I, I just like saw the path as long and defeating. And I didn't really see it as like, Oh, like, here we go. Like, this is my moment. This is it. I was just like, I'm just trying to keep my head above water and like trying to walk out if you're on two feet, which I did, which didn't even happen. I walked out of there on one foot. So like I, so by the time I made it, I was feeling these feelings of like, Oh my goodness. I cannot believe I'm actually here. Like I cannot believe that things actually worked out. And like, and I also just like, can't believe that like, it's finally over. Like I don't have like, I finally achieved this thing. So like, I don't have to still do this if I don't want to do it. And so, but I think it's different for every athlete. You know, I had a lot of athletes, a lot of um, teammates that were just like representing my country was everything. And just like being on the world stage like that was everything. And so I think every personality consumes the experience differently. And for me, I just, I, I really, a girl from Southern California, I grew up surfing. Like I'm, I don't love the winter. <laughs> And yeah, I like somehow rose to the top in this winter sport. And so, so for me, I think it was just like, wow, like dreams can actually come true if I put enough hours and if I sacrifice enough. And so anything's possible. Okay. So you mentioned the different personalities and you have honestly one of the best personalities of anyone I know. You were known for dancing before each competition. So it's funny to hear you that uh, kind of how stressed everything was surrounding the Olympics for you, which totally makes sense. But there you are on national TV, just dancing your little heart out to Beyonce, who in fact gave you a shout out. I'm, I'm pretty sure from the Olympics yeah. is, uh, 
is dancing still a part of your, your daily routine, Kate? Oh, absolutely. Honestly, <laughs> like I really is. And, that, and at the time, like I was so stressed. So dancing was the only thing that could like bring me back to earth. Like it, it just like took me out of my space of where I was. And I could just like exist in my college self at a party just for like one minute, <laughs> like, just not think about competing, but yeah, still like I, I find myself like if I'm getting so uh, like if I'm working a lot and I'm, I'm not finding a moment to like catch a breath of fresh air, like I'll go put in my headphones and I'll go for a run and just find like a place. And I just start walking and dancing and like doing my <laughs> thing. So it still brings this like amount of joy for me. So do you find, uh, was the Olympics the end of an era for you or do you still, and when I say that I, I'm defining it by an end of an era as a competitor or do you still find ways in your life to be a competitor and find joy in competition? If I, I ran from competition for so long, I wanted nothing to do with it. I, I didn't want to feel those feelings ever again, because for me, they were so extreme for me. It was a matter of a career working out or a career not working out. And it was a matter of seeing teammates be able to support their families and being able to, you know, make enough to keep training for another year. So like, like competition was never like a funny thing for me. It was always like a make or break. And so when I came back to real life where competition is like a funny thing, I, I just like couldn't, I couldn't mesh the two. So I just like, I was either a hundred miles an hour or I was zero. So like anytime someone wanted to play pickup basketball or even just play chess or like anything, I just like, even just card games. I was like, I can't, I, I don't, I don't want to, like, I just don't want to play it because then people We'll get to like normal people who have normal levels of competition will start to get competitive because it's like fun for them. And like, if you do it against a professional athlete, like they, it's like green light or nothing. So then I would find myself getting so riled up and stuff. So I just like, I just had to take a step back. And then also people love to say they beat an Olympian. Like they just love to say that. (laughs) Oh, like let's do like all first like let's run like let's do like a hundred hundred yard dash or something because they'd be like i want to say like beat an olympian i'm like this wasn't even my sport like what like what do you do like so then i just saw this i'm like wow people and then i was like i'm just withdrawing 100 percent. so but now i'm like you know i can go for a round of pickleball and like laugh but i never i never get serious like it is always joking and if someone gets competitive like i'll just leave the situation so kind of funny. Oh, so you're done with it. I, I, you're like, dude, I'm a loser. I I didn't sprint. I'm not a, I'm not a runner. So why are we competing here? Uh, so I want to know since, since you've kind of put that all to the side, uh, for those fans of yours out there, what are you up to now these days? Where do you channel all your, all your energy? Yeah, good question. So I live in Venice, California, just, um, right by Santa Monica. And I found myself get into holistic medicine a few years ago. So because of a lot of concussions I had from competing, I was having a lot of sleep issues and I actually got diagnosed with a sleeping disorder, which then led me to getting my feet worked on when I lived in Utah. And I was like, yeah, I'll do anything. And then it opened up this whole world of holistic medicine that kind of pivoted my life and like helped heal my brain. And so then I was like, I need to study this so I can work on myself 
it was really a selfish pursuit. And then people just started coming out of the woodwork, asking for me to work on them. And so now, um, now it's what I do. So I, I, I work on feet something called foot zoning. And then I'm a personal trainer as well. And then I, um, I work for the Dodgers every now and then for some broadcast work. With the Olympics, the Summer Olympics right around the corner, could, do you find yourself being able to sit down and watch? And when you do, what's your favorite Olympic competition event to watch as a fan? I mean, all Olympic events are so interesting to me because I, I now know the behind the scenes work of getting there. So even something that used to be boring to me, like even just like javelin, they go up, they throw like, but then I'm like, no, like, because it's a simple concept, it's such a complicated, like prep, like it's such a complicated process to be good at this. And so I, I just get so intrigued. So like, I, I think I was watching the track qualifiers a couple of weeks ago or something. And I, and I saw javelin and shot put and, and I used to, I did shot put in high school. So I know like a little bit, but not really. And so I just watching it, I was just thinking, I'm like, man, like what lifts do they do for that? Or like, what, like what supplements are they taking to help with that? Or like, I wonder how many labrums she's torn in her right arm and like, I wonder, you know, what, what physical therapy exercise is she doing to like, I don't know, help her rhomboid get stronger. So I, I just get so intrigued with all of it. But in terms of watching it, I don't, it's not like the first thing I want to choose to watch. Like it still stresses me out. Like watching gymnastics the other night, I was like, oh, like I just, it makes me like so anxious to like see it because I see all the competitors that were so close. You know, as soon as they, as soon as they name the Olympic team, everyone else gets forgotten. But like, I can't unforget it, you know, like I can't unforget the moment when it felt when I remember not making the Olympic team when I was 18 years old. And so, you know, they named like the five that go to the Olympics, but there was, you know, 10 other girls that are all of a sudden their names are on the screen anymore. And I'm just, I'm thinking about their families. I'm thinking about their mothers, like, because all those girls just to be invited to Olympic trials were sent to Texas and like, don't get to live with their families. And they get like sent off. So, so I just know, I know what it looks like from the family standpoint and from an educational, like how much they sacrifice. So it just like, I can't just be happy for the people that qualified because I'm just so sad for the people that. <laughs> so, it, so I don't know. I think it'll still take a couple of years for me to like get used to it, but. Oh, well, you, you, you see it as not as glamorous as, as being on a Wheaties box. <laughs> like all of us see it, you know, you know exactly what goes behind it and view it in a different way. This has been so awesome and interesting. Kate, you are incredible. Good luck with everything you have going on in LA. You are seriously one of those people that you can do anything you want. So, so good luck moving forward. Thank you. Come visit, come surf. Heck fun. yeah. You gotta, you gotta teach me. <laughs> yeah, we can totally do it. All right, let's do it. All right, thank you so much, Kate. All right, and that does it for us today. Thanks again to Kate Hansen and Ben Bagley for coming on the show with me. You can join the Cougar Tailgate virtually, of course, every Saturday at noon Mountain Time or download, rate, and review our podcasts on Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYUradio.org. This is Cougar Tailgate.